Welcome to the Hunted and Gathered podcast. We're hunting and gathering home design, decor, and renovation ideas from designers, bloggers, and do-it-yourselfers from across Canada and beyond. Discover your inner designer and be inspired to make your own living space feel more like home. Today I'm welcoming to the show interior designer, television personality, color expert, and author Jane Lockhart. Since 1997, Jane has been designing award-winning retail, hospitality, and residential spaces. Her TV series, Color Confidential, helped homeowners transform their spaces with color, proving she is the true paint deck whisperer. Jane has designed and developed two furniture collections and continues to share her expertise across North America on television and in print. Thank you so much for speaking with me today, Jane. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really excited. Anytime I get to talk about design makes me happy. Oh, good. Me too. So that's that's going to work out. Uh, so my yes, first... we're, we're good. We're a good pair. That's right. Um, so I just want you to maybe uh, share with our listeners what your personal decorating style is. Um, I actually would say that my style is a chameleon style. Um, so in our business, we mold ourselves to what the customer is looking for. So our job is to bring out the best of what the customer likes. In my own personal home, minimal would be my style. Um, I like uh, authentic things, real things, and quirky things. And I like very little of them, meaning I don't like a lot of stuff all over the place. So uh, that's really how I've always been. And I like to keep things. It's not that I don't like having stuff. I just don't want to see it everywhere. Um, So fun, quirky, different, original. That would be my style. I like that. And I like that you said chameleon because you do. You have to Mm -hmm. put on that if you're decorating for traditional. You have to put that on. If you're decorating a modern house, you have to put that on. But um, I like always to know what the the true style of the designer is. And you get to see it all. So I'm sure that at the end of the day, you do want to go home and just kind of have a little bit of rest for your eyes. We'll certainly do whatever the client wants, but we try to find things that are made by someone in Canada or somewhere, mm-hmm. we try to support those kind of markets because we feel they have more long-term value than stuff that is sort of shipped and just sorted through. It doesn't mean you can't like it. It's just, does everything have to be that? Can it not be a mix of, you know, hand-created things plus, you know, that little thing I bought, at, uh, you know, at a discount store. Like right. It's about getting that mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, and I, I like to hear that because I think people feel they might not know it yet, but they will feel more at home when they're surrounded by things that are that are real, that are handmade, rather than something that's made of plastic or just cheaply bought that's made to be disposable. Well, you know, it's funny. I think that that is a lesson that people have to learn as they go through their lives of home ownership um, or any space, whether they rent or own. Over time, you learn that you pay for it twice if you don't buy what you like, mm-hmm. and and it never quite looks right. And, you know, when people you watch these shows or when we did Color Confidential, people cry because they, they're overwhelmed partially because of mm-hmm. the experience, but also because finally they have everything in order, you know, and I mean order uh, from a geographic point of view, not just sort of emotional, and that right. things look right. And mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how hard it is every day to go into your space when everything's jumbled, you can't find your keys, you're looking, you can't find stuff. It makes a huge difference. It does. It does. And that's why it's important to, to hire an interior designer to help you through that process. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to end up buying it twice. 
You, you do. And, you know, good designers always have different solutions. Um, that is our job. And if they don't do that, get another designer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's finding the person that fits what you need. And, you know, we can also teach you how to be a good client. That's partly what we do as well is say to you, you know, here's what you need to do to help us do our job better. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think it's interesting that you pointed out that you can find another designer. That it it's like finding a good hairstylist. It's it maybe, is actually. It's not maybe the first one you meet. But, you know, you have to find someone that meshes with your style. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You need someone that fits what you're trying to do. Right, right. So other than interior design, what are your passions? Running. I'm not good, <laughs> um, but I do like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like. Um, I like sports. Oh. Like. Um, cross training fitness like I like stuff like that I am not a foodie in any way and anyone who knows me knows that um and I like being outside like I love hiking I love traveling um that sounds like a cliche I know I hear it too um but uh see it sounds like I'm writing a date report for you um no no I really like to go to places and run half marathons it's just the thing that I am doing well that's great because you can combine both of your passions that way Exactly. Yeah, and a great way to see the world. I wish I I liked running more and I liked food less. That's that's what I wish my passions were. It doesn't work out that way. Yeah, I, I uh, could see that being a tough change. Yes. Um, so you have a few lines, a few lines, two lines of custom furniture that you've created. Um, one is called Jane by Jane Lockhart and Jane Lockhart Platinum. Um, so mm-hmm. what what are some of the? Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about these about these collections. Sure. So we've always built furniture. We've been in business for over 30 years. And from when I started, um, you know, the retail landscape is considerably different to what it is now. And when I started, you, you, you there was custom furniture, but you certainly had more opportunity to buy high-end furniture within um, sort of greater city centers. Nowadays, that's pretty tough to do. Um, so for the retailers that are still here that are independent retailers, we make the line called Jane by Jane Lockhart, which is essentially based on a lot of pieces that we've made over the years for clients that we couldn't find. Mm. So we sell those to higher-end independent retailers who are looking for something with a little bit more detail and um, that's made here. I mean, we are huge, ardent believers in using the local talent, and there is a lot of talent in and certainly in the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. So we use them. The Platinum line is a different line. It's a fully custom line, and it's really made for um, for our clients who are very particular or for other designers who are looking for something because we have the frames. So we can have them do what they want to do using those frames and create what they're looking for for their own clients. Um, and that's only because we've done it for so long that we, we like to work with other designers as well. Right. That's so great. And what are the challenges of creating these kind of things, coming up with the furniture, designing them, working with uh, craftspeople? Um, You know, it's funny. The craftspeople are are the least challenging. They're Mm -hmm. excellent um, because they they know their businesses. And again, I wish people understood that, you know, Canada is extremely blessed, especially Ontario, is extremely blessed with families that came here in the 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. And they raised their kids there and they started in garages building furniture and those kids now run those businesses, and the product is excellent. There's nothing that they could order online and have shipped to them that is better. I, I can honestly say that. So it, this is something that Canadians just kind of have to get through their head. Right. Um, 
so the the craftspeople are, are are really the people who make it happen. The hardest part is we design things that we think are brilliant, and then they turn out to be dogs. You know, oh. we're like, wow, we right. saw that barking a mile away. But you don't always know, and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to try stuff. The other thing is we're usually ahead of where the market is mm-hmm. um, because, you, you know, we've sort of gone through some, a cycle quicker because we do it every day. And we'll do something and we'll realize, oh, you know, we've got to hang on to it longer because mm-hmm. the marketplace just isn't there yet for it. Oh, that's really interesting to hear the the other side of the coin about the trends and, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to plan for things. But I'm so glad that you brought up the talent that's in uh, Canada for furniture Mm -hmm. because I I really think it's sad, uh, this influx, especially the, you know, the, the... the big names I'm not going to name any names but they will just ship it to your door next day because mm-hmm. it's 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 not going to it's not going to last and then you know you mm-hmm. you have a story when you, you bought a piece of furniture but it also comes with a story the story of how mm. you bought it where you got it the people that made it like nothing else is going to come with that so um I'm really glad that you've you've spoken to that and I, I really do hope that people are listening and um, you know, take the time, save up, buy something that's worthwhile, that's an investment piece and that you're going to have for a long time. It costs the same. Like, this is the thing that I don't think everyone understands. When people bought sofas, like ask your parents how much they paid for their sofa and they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, I don't know, it's about $2,800 or, you know, a sofa costs the same today. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, that seems unlikely when almost everything else is more expensive than it was 30 years ago. So right. why is that? Mm-hmm. And that's because all of the you know, by rights, it should have gone up, you know, and been a lot more money because labor has gone up, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't. So when you buy a cheap sofa, in order to get that price down, it's all the goods on the inside that are taken out. Mm -hmm. So yes, it looks the same, but it is not the same product because mathematically it just can't be that way. So it's helping people to understand that. So when things are built um, here in Ontario or in Quebec or in BC, you know, that equation is much easier to reach because you're not dealing with shipping, travel, costs of um, import, duty, everything. And I'm not knocking it. There are some times that that is the right fit, mm-hmm. but it's about getting a combination. And that's what's important. That's great. That's great. Um, so do you have a favorite piece of furniture that you've you've created? Um, I love them all equally as though they were my children. Um, so I can't say that I favor one over another. But sometimes we we surprise ourselves. Like we build things that we think we would never be able to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we have some new stuff that's just coming down the line for platinum that we're like, oh, my God, wow. We're so excited by these pieces because they're just they're, they're more than we thought they were going to mm-hmm. be. That's a happy surprise when that happens. It is because we always have the other surprise where we're like, God, what were we thinking? (laughs) Right. Um, But no, we're pretty impressed with them. Like as a design company, we're like, yeah, we're really happy with these. Totally different look. Mm -hmm. Wasn't what we expected. And in the end, they've turned out really well. But I have to say a lot of this is on the fabricators who help us develop good design. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's that's great. Um, So my next question is what inspires you? I don't know. I I know it seems like an easy question. I, I love, I, I'm i not fashionable, but I love fashion. Mm. And I like looking at what's going on in fashion. But I guess um, what really inspires me are the, this is going to sound like a total nerd answer, but <laughs> like economic and demographic trends mm-hmm. and how they affect our life really inspires me. So how, I don't know, it's just, I love thinking you know, how are we changing? I, I mm-hmm. always think in my head, if I was writing a book, like Emily Bronte wrote her books, you know, like Jane Eyre, and she described the house back then, right. you know, in the 1800s, mm-hmm. how would we describe our houses today? 
Um, and I always think, you know, that that to me is what's interesting and inspires me. Like if this is the future and we're using mm-hmm. spaces differently, how would I arrange that space? And that gets me excited. Oh, that's really cool. That's I've never heard that answer, but I think that's a great answer. And just thinking mm-hmm. about how how people think about their spaces. That is, yeah. I think that's interesting too. And that is inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're thinking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what could I build? You know, to some degree, this is where IKEA is way ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, where they made the lamp that charges your phone because it has right. a little a table attached to it. Like that kind of thing. Like what are what are we really doing in our lifestyle that our homes don't support? And that's mm-hmm. what gets me excited. Wow. And so do you have any insight into that? Like do you can you see where we're going or have you thought about like I, I can see um, the, the fashion or the, the home fashion industry going in this direction? Um, well, I think that people will have less furniture, but mm. I'm hoping the furniture they do have is better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the separation of space has clearly changed in the layout of homes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been talking in the office because it's that type of time of year where it's always about trends. And people are like, oh, what are the new colors? What are this? And I'm like, you know, it's got to be a deeper dive than that. So mm-hmm. in lifestyle today, it's really about our homes doing multiple things for us they've always done that but now that spaces are smaller and there's more pressure on spaces it's you know for instance a dining room sure lots of people want a dining room but they can't necessarily have the square footage to just have a dining room mm-hmm. so can it do something else can it be a library or an office during the day and then when you have people over it becomes a dining room so it's the ability to turn smaller space into more functional usable space oh that's so interesting yes yeah for sure Wow. You know what? I've never really, I haven't really thought about, um, thought about it like that, but, um, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And that's a designer or a decorator needs to think about mm-hmm. that and really ask questions instead of just buying a dining room table that then doesn't get used and right. people are irritated and they pile their mail on it. Well, why do they do that? Right. You know, when you walk in, everyone does this, they go to the mailbox, they get their mail, they walk through the house and dining rooms usually first, they put some of it on the dining room table and the rest of it on that at that piece of the counter mm-hmm. that the poster does not sit on gets stuck there. Exactly. So is that our job to deal with that? Right. Right. It's to design a space where you can put your mail down and it's not in the way of anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. but we know what people do. They walk right through the mm-hmm. house with it, you know, and if they do that, well, like we always build file drawers into the kitchen mm-hmm. and people are like, well, why do you do that? It just look like pot and pan drawers, but they're actually file drawers. Cause I know what happens. People walk into the kitchen that they get something out of the fridge to eat. They've dropped off their coat. They're stopping. They're kind of opening the mail, but kind of not. And then they leave it there on the counter. So why can't we just put file drawers right below that? So that at the very least, they just stick it in the file drawer. That is fascinating and just ingenious all in the same time. Because really, that's what we do. It's like you've studied you've studied human behavior um, yes, to come up with these designs. There is actually a discipline called um, uh, design anthropology. It's really new, and that's really what it is. Wow, I would. I'm. I'm going to look into that because that sounds like it would mm-hmm. be really fascinating for sure. It yeah, is very yeah. interesting, and it would mm. help you know homeowners, designers, everyone in the industry, uh, just get a better understanding of how we live. Yeah, for sure. That's right. That is our mm. job: is to study how humans live in their homes. That's really what a designer does. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing it, they're not doing any service to their customer. Because making anything look good, well, any anyone can do that. I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but. That's the whole point of websites today and people who deliver furniture to your home in a second. I can set up anything that looks good and take a picture of it, mm-hmm. but does it really solve my problem? That's right. What's a favorite space that you've designed or been involved in creating? Um, recently, we did some um, some really nice, I, I was really happy with it, um, some presentation centers. 
And we loved it because it wasn't the greatest space, but we were able to do things with it that we we were really happy. Like we altered the ceiling heights, we changed the focal points, like it was a raw space and we worked with the architect. And sometimes the spaces that are the hardest turn out to be the best mm-hmm. because you have to be more inventive in how you look at them. That's so interesting. And so it was a challenge and you, you rose to the challenge and it sounds great. So when you say it's a presentation center, was it for a home builder? Yeah. Normally I would say, you know, yes, this house, that house, but sometimes with houses, they're beautiful anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it the architecture is beautiful, but mm-hmm. so you're, you're enhancing that architecture. And there's no question, like we're very fortunate that we get to work with people that have things like that right. and we can build on their focal points and, you know, make things like that's again, part of our job is to make things look beautiful Mm -hmm. because beauty is largely underestimated as valuable today. Anyway, I digress. Um, But sometimes it's the worst or hardest spaces that need the most attention. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would say most people think, oh, I'm going to make the living room, dining room look great, but then they don't spend any time on the mudroom. Mm -hmm. And really that's the room that does the heavy lifting. So it's finding those spaces that, need the work and that was this was one of those spaces where I'm like oh I don't know about this one and it worked out okay that's so great and you just chalked a whole bunch of that was like a whole podcast in itself and just what you said sorry I I had a lot of coffee this morning oh no it's great and I haven't Mm -hmm. had enough so you'll have to excuse me but um I I think that's first of all I just can we quickly go back to what you said about beauty I need you to repeat that and and because I think it's a really important thing so beauty is largely underestimated Mm -hmm. as a valuable commodity today right so everything's about function and mm-hmm. people are like, oh, it's so functional, it's fine, which it always makes me laugh. I, I assume it's other designers that, you know, are your audience that I'm, and I'm sure they've heard this before where people are like, well, you'll make it functional, right? As though I'm not going to do that, um, which is usually what most of us spend our time on is worried, you know, that it works. But mm-hmm. um, today everything, you know, beauty has been underestimated as not valuable mm-hmm. and that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. You know, people are excited by things that are beautiful, whether they recognize they are or not is a different, different topic. But, right. you know, art has largely been, you know, denigrated to being about statements on policy or political, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but is it beautiful? And there's something to be said about adding beauty back into our lives in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's decluttering, which is, you know, sort of the topic again today, or if it's having an object that is beautiful, you think it's beautiful or the proportions are beautiful from classic design, whatever it is, um, finding beauty matters. Mm, that was beautiful. What you said, <laughs> that just, <Thank> it's, um, <laughs> that was really great and it is important. And I finally, I feel that way sometimes when I do, I love Ikea, but when I go to Ikea, it's just, it's too utilitarian sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some, it's okay to have a piece of artwork mm-hmm. or a, a piece of furniture that you just like for liking it. Um, if that, you know. And that's it. It's giving people permission to say, you know, maybe not every single thing in your house has to be usable. And I mm-hmm. don't mean it in the sense that everything is going to be unusable. It just, maybe it is simply a vase that's beautiful glass that you just love. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time where even when people had less in their lives mm-hmm. in, in other eras past, they still had things that were beautiful. Because beauty had a value. It was rated as important. Today, we don't, we don't even consider the beauty of things anymore. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I like this, I like that. Um, but does it really stimulate you, your sense of beauty? 
Absolutely. And and I think part of the reason is that because we have so much, uh, you know, back then when they didn't have a lot, that one thing that was beautiful to look at, it was it was valued because there wasn't much else that was beautiful in their space, perhaps. So mm-hmm. I, I think when we have so much, um, everything's fighting for our attention. And then, you know, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing is standing out as beautiful. So it's that's in- exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people are so busy. They're so wrapped up in everything that's going on all the time mm-hmm. um I, we're the same but it's taking a quiet moment and thinking about hey that's beautiful and that could you know be a beautiful vase of flowers or whatever like i love flowers i'm mm-hmm. not great at arranging them or anything and I, I don't know a lot about them but i know when i have flowers in my house i always think oh my god those are beautiful like they're so simple yeah and they're so beautiful. So, you know, people say, well, do you like plants? I'm like, well, I'm not really a great plant person. I do like plants. But sometimes having that natural element in your home is what helps you think about beauty beyond the context of the things we purchase. Oh, that's that's fascinating. That's such a great answer. Um, I think that's the best answer to that question I've ever heard. Thank you. So thank you so much. <laughs> um, and now the flip side. I'll thank my writer. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, so the flip side to that is, uh, have you created a space that was less than successful or that you just look back and think, you know what, that, what was I thinking? I, that was, it's an interesting question. Um, no, you know, not all spaces are winner spaces, you mm-hmm. know, they, because they, they just don't come together. So yeah, there, it's probably not the space so much. There might be things where we've picked elements where I'm like, oh, those elements just didn't come together as well as I had. Usually when I'm designing, I can walk in, I walk into a space and right away I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 70% there already in my head within the first, you know, half hour. It's the other 30% where sometimes you, you pick things because you're pressed for time or, right. you, you know, and designers go through this where there's timelines, especially in certain parts of the industry, and you really just have to leap and jump, mm-hmm. you know, and hope you're right. So there have been occasions where I'm like, oh, I probably should have just said no to that color, you know, but I said right. yes to it, you know. So yeah. there are things like that where I was like, that ah, rug's a little busy, but mm-hmm. is, is it a bad thing? No, these are things that, you know, is it life shattering? No. Right. Um, you know, I know my temperament, so I've learned to try to set up our delivery of things enough that I have time to go back and resolve things. Oh, that's um, great. Mm-hmm. Because it will bug me if it is not right. Mm-hmm. And it's a good takeaway what you mentioned about, you know, timelines and things. And um, mm-hmm. for homeowners, maybe not trying to rush that process, just taking a step back and going, okay, well, I like this, but I'm not sure what to do next. So maybe just taking a pause and going, okay, what else could I I do here. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Those are the right words. You know, it doesn't all have to be done in, in five weeks. Right. This is, you know, I know people want it done and it for them. It's a reward because uh-huh. they've waited for so long, but sometimes we need to, you know, eke out that reward a little bit longer mm-hmm. so that we have time to, you know, really cherish some of the elements that go on. And I always say to people when they're giving me a rush, look, how many times are you going to do this in life? Mm-hmm. Enjoy the process, make the process matter instead of just the end result. And we're so end result driven mm-hmm. that we forget about sometimes just going through the process is really the reward right. and it's a bonus when it's done. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Taking the time to look at the things that you're choosing and how you get there and giving the designer time too. That doesn't mean forever and things you mm-hmm. have to get done, but um, you know, it, I always say to people, people say, how long is it going to take? I'm like, it takes the time it takes. 
Right. I don't know how I can give you an answer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to come up that may slow something down. We will do everything we can not to have that happen. But there are going to be times where I'm like, geez, this got lost in delivery. We don't right. have this. The guy who's building it, you know, the leg fell off. I don't know. What can I tell you? Right. Sometimes things just take the time they take. These are all great tips. And, and in life, this is what happens. I mean, I think people put unreal expectations on themselves when they're decorating. Because we yeah. are in a, a Pinterest um Instagram driven world where it just looks like all these things happened overnight and they don't. And, you know, we never, ever see the things that go wrong. No one's putting out the, the, the worst things that happen in their life. Um, so it's great that you said that and a great reminder to people, just be patient, enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patience also underestimated mm-hmm. um, value today, but it, it can be rewarding in the end, mm-hmm. more rewarding, than just rushing through things. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so do you have a favorite designer or someone's style who you admire? That's a really hard one. Um, I guess I really enjoy, I don't have a favorite designer, but style. I really like California style, mm-hmm. which is, if I can describe what I'm thinking, what that means is where you're able to walk in and out on one level and your windows go to the floor and you can open, you can open your space out into nature and then close it back up again. I, I would have to say if I had to pick a style, it would be more like that. I'm kind of like desert and dry, mm-hmm. kind of the environment I like. So I like the architecture that goes along with that. Oh, I can already feel the heat coming into the house yeah, right now. See? So great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I, and I like how you described it as the Californian style. Because um, mm-hmm. when you said that originally, I had a different picture in my head. Um, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more glam and that kind of thing. But I, I see what you mean by that. And yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, it's more their architecture, like mm-hmm. how they build mm-hmm. as opposed to how they decorate. It, it's more like if I had to pick a home style that I love, it yeah. would be more... Um, ranch style, mm-hmm. low to the ground, um, connecting with your environment. I, design wise, I, like I would love to build my own house somewhere in, in the country mm-hmm. where it's all on level. Now it's very hard to do that here in Canada, right. but um, just because our codes prevent us from doing that for various reasons, but I would love to do it in another part of the world where you really could be ground level mm-hmm. and everything is, is very open. Um, and then you seal it up again if you need to, and then you open it as you go. Oh, it sounds beautiful, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially One on day. a freezing cold day like this. So, mm-hmm. Well, yes, a girl can dream, can't That's they? That's right. That's right. Uh, so you are known as the expert of color. Uh, your show, uh, Color Confidential, helped homeowners change their space with really just, just by using color. I mean, with other things, mm-hmm. but, but mainly color. Um, so it can be really overwhelming for, for the average person. So what can we do about this? How can we make choosing paint color less overwhelming? I had done color research for 25 years, uh, basically, and I had gone, I had already done a show at the time with Home and Garden, and they were like, oh, do you have any other things that, you know, you would want to do? We were always doing renovation and design. That wasn't really a, a question at the time. But one thing I had noticed was how much trouble people had. Didn't matter how many times we presented plans, you know, building plans. They could kind of understand them, but not really. But then if I showed them a paint color, like, oh, well, we absolutely hate that color, um, oh. which I found so fascinating that it's something that was so minor, played such a major role in their life. And yet they were about to spend $100,000, you know, doing this addition. And somehow it didn't have the same meaning to them in that they just couldn't get past. Well, I don't really know how this is going to look. Right. So the thing about paint is, is, 
taking it in context. So first thing is no matter what color you're doing, you need to bring it to your house. Um, that's great. You can pick it in the store, do whatever, bring it home. You're never really going to know what it looks like until you look at it in the home that you're, or the place where you're going to put it. So that's number one. Um, I really honestly don't know how people pick paint colors when they're standing in large home, home centers, mm-hmm. like fix it centers, improvement centers. There are like 18 displays, each of which have over 2000 colors in them. I have no idea how someone deals with that. To me, that is ridiculous. It does not help anyone pick a paint color. Mm-hmm. So I suggest, you know, to people that they go on to blogs or follow designers or whomever it is that they like um, and, and take their recommendation. Oh, every designer has their favorite paint colors. I know I have mine. Mm-hmm. And follow them because there's a reason why they like those colors. I can tell you why I like certain colors because I know how they're going to look, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, I know I'm not going to get a phone call from the client saying, you know, hey, I thought you said this is green, but it looks blue. So I understand how those colors work. So I I can help the client see them in their mind by explaining the color Mm -hmm. to them. And we see color not through our eyes, but through our brains. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. And I think another important thing to, to say here is that there's when you're picking a paint color, there's so many other things at play, the lighting, the undertones, that looking at uh, a home improvement store under those amazing fluorescent lights, you're never mm-hmm. going to see. So by calling in an expert, you're going to save the money that you would if you repainted. And you're going to save uh, time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's overwhelming. Like a, a customer, a homeowner is set up to fail if they're trying to pick colors at a home improvement center like mm-hmm. there is just no way you're going to get that right um and and i hate to say it but it, in a market especially toronto's market vancouver montreal ottawa th- these are markets where people are thinking yes i love my home i'm going to live here forever but i might sell it so understanding that the power that color has on people's perception of the trends of that house of your ability to sell that house is an important aspect if you are in the real estate market um, and I'm not talking white. Like I'm not saying paint your whole house white because mm-hmm. I don't think that does any service to you either, mm-hmm. um, especially now that the market has changed after 2017 in Ontario. Yeah. So I think it's very important to understand um, if you're doing consulting for real estate agents or stagers or whatever it is, is understanding the power that color can play in um, making a house or a property more saleable for more money. Yes. Absolutely. And and people don't people don't get that either. I, I think we've been told so long, oh, you know, paint paint over your bright colors, make it beige, make it white and it will sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just not always the case. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the most important thing then to consider when choosing a wall color? Uh, lighting would be number one. OK. And so you, should- you need to if you're going to paint, you should look at your lighting at the same time. So I would say if you're going to change over, you've had all halogen pot lights and you're going to switch to LED. LED is not the same reflective value to what um, a halogen has. So you may want to pick your color after you've changed your lights because then you have a better understanding of what that is going to be. So um, I, that would be my number one thing is get your lighting right mm-hmm. and then look at your paint color both at night like you know, when it's obviously you have your um, overhead lights on or your regular lighting and then look at it during the day when you're home, the time of day that you're mostly home. So I obviously work a lot. So I work during the day. I'm not home, but nighttime lighting is more important to me. How's that color look? But I'm home Mm -hmm. Sunday afternoons and that's also going to be the time that the color matters to me. So that's where I'm going to put the most emphasis on deciding if the color is right. Right. That's a great tip. Really good tip. So what are your top three favorite paint colors? Hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, that would be, 
um, Edgecombe Gray from Benjamin Moore, Kendall Charcoal, also Benjamin Moore, and let me see, what would be another light? I think it's called Cherry Blossom, Apple Blossom, um, also from Benjamin Moore, which is a really pale, pinky, peachy color. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Really nice on, on, like it's a very reflective, beautiful, soft color. Mm-hmm. I know two of the three and, and they're beautiful colors. So I, I'm mm-hmm. sure that the third they're one is They're just good well. neutrals for people mm-hmm. who are looking for neutrals. Right. Um, you know, my favorite, favorite color myself would be like navy, like hail navy. Mm-hmm. Love that color. It's a really, really dark blue. Yes. Um, and then I love a great burgundy and a really great dark forest green. I love Jill Tone's look, let's face it. Mm-hmm. I am so happy that big hair is on the way back because I am a girl <laughs> of the 80s. So, oh, um, fine. I waited I'm... 25 years for it to come back. <laughs> oh, that's great. And the well colors are coming back with it. So I, I think they it's are. great. I enjoy color in a room. I'm tired of the, the beige and the whites and the light grays. So I'm like, if you're gonna if you're going to make a commitment, make a commitment put some color well, on that my wall. answer is if you're a designer your job is to know how to work with color that's not white or beige mm-hmm. honest to god you know because can't i as a homeowner just go online and figure out how to do that like our job is to offer more mm-hmm. you know and say hey yes you can use those colors great get it we're going to do those through the hallway but what else can we do to enhance your property that makes it look like more than the guy next door yes so um we know what your favorite colors are so what's your least favorite color hmm um, to live in would be yellow. Oh, okay. My favorite color as an accessory is yellow, but I would never want to live in yellow. Yeah, it makes me look bad. Just yellow green, not great for me. I just look sick and pale and awful. And you know what? I don't need that. And yes, why not be surrounded by the colors that make you should be surrounded by the colors that make you look good at home. At home, you should feel your best. That's the place where you Absolutely. can control it all. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a little uh, quiz here um, because you're okay. the queen of color. Um, I just think color names are hilarious. Like when you when you go through like mayonnaise, like who wants to put the mayonnaise on your walls, right? Um, well, I, I don't know about that. You know, if you're a big sandwich lover, mayonnaise might, <laughs> you might be your color. It. And then the next room is bacon. So <laughs> I'm 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 down with that. I'm uh, so all over that. I love your way of thinking. <laughs> I could do with that. I could do that. And then maybe the next it would all be food themed in my house for sure. So oh, I love that. that uh, is, I think you're on to something, you know, all this time you were being serious yeah. when in fact you just need to have a food oriented paint line. Oh, that would be so great. I'd have so much fun with that. And then I would make I a recipe so. for each. That's some, something, right? The one side's the color, yeah. the other side is the recipe that goes with it. Well, I wonder you if you had bacon bacon paint color on your wall if in your if you're in that room if you smell bacon like if it makes your oh, head yes. start to be like wait a minute you know it'd be very interesting <laughs> I could put yeah. um, or could... we might kill our clients because they suddenly all get heart disease because right. they eat like way too much bacon after that we could diffuse um, bacon as an essential oil in the rooms oh my god I like it uh... I like where you're going with this <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you the paint name, not the company, and you have to see if you can guess what the color is. It's just simple, like a simple tone. Okay, sure. Okay, okay, okay bring it on. All right, Let's so see what the you first got. one is called Hugs and Kisses. Oh, Hugs and Kisses. Mm, that sounds so nice and gentle. Doesn't I'm going to say it's like a, um, like a medium pink. Oh, you're close. It's peach. It's a peachy. Okay. So you're close. You're good at this game. Okay. So well, so far, but Hugs and Kisses I'm familiar with, so I can go with that. All right. It gets a little harder. Um, mermaid Net. Mm. 
I'm going to have to say like a turquoise blue. Oh, that sounds pretty. It is not. It is a, a gray blue. It's not, oh, it's not that. Yes. It's, and it's a strange name. Mermaid. Yeah. Yes. Could have just gone with mermaid. Right. And that kind of brings me down. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, okay. Song of Summer. Ooh, Song of Summer. I feel like it's probably a really pale, purpley blue. Oh, no. It's pink. Really? Maybe they're thinking no. sunrise. I know. I didn't I didn't think it went either, but Song of Summer. Yeah. Okay. okay. This next one, if you get this, I don't know. I'm gonna, there's going to be a prize of some sort. It's called. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting for my prize. Okay. Bring it on. It's called Lauren's Surprise. Lauren? Lauren's Surprise. Like the, the, the female name Lauren. Lauren's Surprise. Hmm. So let's go with Ralph Lauren's Prize. Oh. Um, so I'm going to say Forest Green. I love how you thought there, but I'm sorry it is just a light blue. Oh, well, that's not a surprise at all. Now, no. is it? And I don't yeah. know who okay. Lauren is. It's it's confusing all around. I know. That uh. sounds like someone's got an in. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Like they bought their way into getting a paint named after them. <laughs> maybe maybe the paint, uh, maybe it's their daughter or something. I don't know. But they just should have just called it surprise. Okay, the next yeah, one. This is there's a conspiracy here. There Obviously, is. we have uncovered in the paint industry. Oh my God, who knew? <laughs> well, after we open up our line of food colored uh, uh, paints, then then we'll figure yep. it out. Okay. Yep, so yep, yep. The next one's called friendship. Hmm, friendship. What would that be? Um, I feel like it's down that pink road again. Oh, you're right on. It's pink. Good job. Right on. Right okay. on. A two okay. out of five ain't bad. So so the next one is anonymous. Oh, white. Oh, it's gray. Okay. But close. Makes sense. Close. Okay. Yeah, I'm with. Uh, okay, yeah. Yep. Okay. The next one is emotional. Huh. Depends who we're talking to, but That's right. I'm going to go with like um, a black. Oh, it's orange. Black oh, makes that's a sense. good one. Okay, Black that's good. Sense. That's good. I like that. Okay, and this last one again is a prize-winning one. If you guess it, grandma's okay. grandma's sweater. Uh, I'm gonna say it's like a cor- like a light pinky coral. Oh, that would be pretty. Yeah. No, it's blue. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, yes. I don't know what grandma they're talking to. I don't but, know. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I yeah. picture a grandma with a pretty pinky corally sweater too. Exactly. So. But I really think that was a stretch on a name. Really. <laughs> They just were phoning it in that day. Yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, so. Or there was a bottle of something open on the table. Oh, I like, like it. Okay, we maybe come up with something here. Maybe that's yeah. a, that's how they they get the paint colors. But that was fun, and you did really good. Actually, I wouldn't have gotten oh, yeah, any of them. Oh yeah, two out of so. six. You're yeah, right. That yeah. was spectacular numbers. Twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, very very good. It's mm-hmm. interesting these uh, how they get the names, but it's it was that was great. Thank you so much for playing along with that. Oh my gosh, no problem. Uh, very very fun. Thank you. So the last question is: Do you have any behind the scenes styling tips or tricks that you can share, just for like so- something quick that to you know just to help make the en- enhance the space? Yeah. So one thing um, is if you want to change like how your space looks, you know you don't want to renovate or do lots of things. Keep you know you change the color of your pillow and blankets. We tell people to save their inserts of their pillows, and so take the cover off, fold it up, put it in your linen closet, and then pull out a different one. So you're not having to buy new pillows all the time. The inserts are where the value is, right? Right. Because if you buy a good insert, they're expensive, and Mm -hmm. keep those. So it's a fast way to really change the look of your room. So as the weather changes, because obviously in Canada, our weather is seasonal, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to get that feeling of spring, and they're usually ready for that about March you know, March, April, when it's finally starting to get nice across the country, mm-hmm. you know, take off all the dark covers and put them away and bring out the light co- covers. And that's a really great way to give yourself a lift really fast. That's a perfect tip. And do you wear, 
do you suggest any place to get the inserts? Do you have a favorite place to buy them? Uh, you know, in, in Canada, you can probably buy them online, some mm-hmm. decent inserts. But um, if you buy a pillow, for, in, for instance, from someone like uh, sometimes HomeSense, that's mm-hmm. a decent. But you have to find a, a, a company that has a zipper in it. Right. Um, not a good pillow if there's not zipper. Okay. Tell <laughs> everyone that in the universe. You don't want to be cutting open the pillow to get to the insert. Yeah, it, there right. would be no insert. It's mm-hmm. right into the fabric, so it's right. not a good pillow. So you want to keep that insert. Good um, tip. So I would say, who's another good? Uh, sometimes Crate and Barrel, Pottery Barn. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good because they have zippered inserts, so you yeah. can take off the cover and then get another one. Um, and then who else would be good? Um, hmm. Your local drapery maker would mm-hmm. have inserts. So wherever you live, call whoever the upholsterer is. Look it up in the phone book. They will have inserts. I like that. And you're supporting local at the same time. That was awesome. Yeah. And they'll be helpful. These are the kind of people you want to have in your Rolodex. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is hard for people to grasp. But, you know, owning a home is about owning a Rolodex of people that can help you. That's really what it is. It's creating a list of contacts that you call that person when you need something. So Mm -hmm. a roofer, yes. Cider, yes. Window guy, yes. Flooring guy, you know. Drapery maker, yes. Furniture maker. Like, these are all the people you want to have. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's so many things that we never would. I mean, no one's going to try their own plumbing. They shouldn't try their own plumbing. And it's okay to have someone that makes your drapes. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jane, this has been delightful to talk to you and so full of amazing information. Um, and I will, in the podcast notes, uh, make links to your favorite uh, colors and some of the uh, local furniture designers in case people are looking for someone to finally make that great piece of furniture. Thank you so no much problem. for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for considering, you know, including me in it. It's wonderful. And you're doing such a good job on this. Thank you. This episode of the Hunted and Gathered podcast is sponsored by Oso Home, carefully creating handmade cutting boards and personalized gifts that embrace design, nature, and all things that are perfectly imperfect. Visit osohome.com to shop the entire line of handcrafted items inspired by nature and created for you. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our guest today. Please visit our website, thehuntedandgathered.com, for more information on today's episode, show notes and links. I'd love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions for upcoming shows. And remember, it's not about having the best. A home should be a place that makes you feel your best.